Leo Carmona, April 25th, 2020. Darnell, I hope that you are well. I have contracted COVID-19, as have countless others here at Lakeland Correctional Facility. There have been a number of deaths, and most unfortunately, the majority of the deceased have been patients in the elderly long-term care program that I work for. These were men that I knew and interacted with every single day. Many of us are just reeling from these developments and are trying to process and cope with the situation however we know how. It is so incredibly tragic. I don't know if it's true or not, because I did not see it myself. But we are hearing that the governor said that she will not be doing any form of early releases, and supposedly some other comment about there having not been nearly enough prisoner deaths to consider that option. Is this true? I've also heard that CNN was talking about my facility possibly yesterday or last night, but I did not see it myself. Elderly people with various health ailments need the most consideration. I know a 64-year-old who is serving 40 to 60 years for an armed robbery where no one got killed. How does that even make sense? Anyway, I won't keep you any longer. I hope that you and your mother are well, Leo. From Robert Bowles, April 24th, 2020. Darnell, it was nice to hear from you. Prior to reading your message, I had sent Wendy Woods a message asking for a report from her regarding our class action suit dealing with the food. Also, I informed her about the prison population being tested this week, and over 88% of the results were positive for coronavirus. After the first incident in E2, they should have quarantined the facility, but instead, they continued to allow prisoners to go to the chow hall and even brought positive prisoners into the buildings where no one had been compromised. I think Wendy has a good point, and this would be a good case. I will be touching base with her, and I probably will be the one that coordinate activities at this location. I have been doing those breathing exercises you instructed me to do. I had a mild cough, but since doing the exercises, the cough has resided, and there hasn't been much left. Thank you for the information regarding the governor and those who is working to make a difference in trying to get us some kind of action. Take care of yourself and be safe. Robert. From Anonymous. Hey Darnell, thanks for sharing our situations behind these walls. What the MDOC is not telling the public is, yeah, we all have so-called masks but they are nothing but material they use to make prisoners' clothing while the officers have real PPE and real respirators or N95 masks. 
If we are living on top of one another, why can't we have PPE or N95 masks? There was no need to give us what they gave us. We could have made masks or covered our face with t-shirts, like everyone is doing. Because the so-called mask they gave us is nothing compared to the PPE the officers have. They don't even want to let people go early. I've seen no one go home early since this outbreak. I just seen the parole board April. My outdate is in August. I have a wife and children and a job to go home to. And I'm on chronic care for asthma. Why am I still in prison? Is my life worth a hundred days? Please keep anonymous because I don't want negative retaliation from MDOC. Thanks. God bless. This call is from Javon Carter. An inmate at a federal prison. Well with the uh with the detainer, I had a detainer with the uh with the state so that that, that disqualified me for fitting the criteria for the uh for the home confinement because they said I had to have the detainer lifted with the MDOC. So uh No didn't we already do something about that or no? Yes, we uh we, we try to reach out to them, but they keep saying that uh I have to go through the process of the violation to uh to be able to do that to get the detainer lifted off with the MDOC. MDOC said that. Okay. So, uh, but, Give but me I your have, full situation uh, and where and what the status is now. I was I was currently on parole with the MDOC, and I had caught a federal case for for a weapons charge, so that put me in violation with the MDOC. So, uh. I suppose I went back and faced my violation. My federal judge, he had ran my time concurrent with, uh, with the violation. He ran my, uh, federal sentence concurrent with the violation, but they never, they, they chose not to come get me. So, uh, we, we just been dealing with that, trying to get me over there to the MDOC, but it's hard to get me over there without the public transfer, uh, transfer, you know what I'm saying, due to the, uh, the coronavirus. So it stopped everything. So I've been trying to, you know, get a, like like a, a video conference or a phone conference to face the violation. So now we looked up the judge the other day. Were we trying to get the message to him the other day or something like that? Yes, sir. We had uh, tried to get the message uh, to the judge. We was looking for an email, but uh, anything came up. What is the message you'd like to get to him? Oh, I had just wanted to uh, reach out to the judge and try to see can I can I get a restraining order against the MDOC. Uh, it was a guy that died Friday, and yesterday two other guys had passed away, and and they trying to keep it on the hush. But you know what I'm saying? We finding out that that is way more serious than what it, you know, then they putting it out there. It's, it's way more serious than than they putting on the paper. You feel me? They they telling us that you know it ain't it ain't that big of a deal, but it's that the case is piling up. You know what I'm saying? Are you are you ready to say this to this judge right now? Yeah. So you you ready for me to go? Yeah. Mr. Uh, Arthur Tarnow, my name is Dejavon Carter, MDOC number 673-398, my federal number 571-87039. I was, I wanted you to, uh, to hear these words. This is Dejavon Carter. I was reaching out, I was reaching out in regards to my current situation. I'm currently in violation due to me being on parole with the MDOC and getting a new case, which is nonviolent, a weapons charge that I took full responsibility for. 
with the coronavirus spreading with with our public transfer due to the COVID pandemic. I would like to face my violation by phone or video conference due to the COVID-19 crisis. MDOC and the BOP have been trying to figure ways to depopulate the institution. Even though I am one person, it would still help more than hurt for them to lift my violation to re-parole or reinstatement so I could finish dealing with the BOP. The conditions we are at hand to deal with this, I said the position, the conditions we are at hand to deal with this pandemic put us in a hardship to the point where we can't deal with our legal issues because we are locked down 23 hours a day. With, with that amount of time, how can we contact lawyers or anyone about our current situations? The lockdown has been extended due to the virus spreading daily. So far, we have lost three people, but it's several people on ventilators and it's, it's not getting any better. I'd like to re respectfully request a video conference or a phone conference for my violation so I can uh, be placed on home confinement and be out there with my family. Why is this important to you? It's important to me because my health is at risk and my family, they need me out there. And me being in here put my health at risk and I'm a non-violent offender, I feel like it ain't fair because it's, it's guys in here that steady getting sick and we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. So I just wanted to be able to be out there with my family and get away from this hardship that we facing in here because they don't have no control of what's going on in here. And we steady being exposed due to the fact that it's COs or whatever that tested positive and they came back before two weeks or anything. They back working and everything. They bringing guys that they already sent to the hole with the symptoms, but they refusing to test them. So I, I like to be out. Of, I, I like to be, you know, on home confinement and, and taken from harm's way, taken out of harm's way. Do you have anything else that's stopping you from being on home confinement based on the criteria? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, the, just the detainer. Everything else, I, I'm, 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 I only got eight months left, nine months left. I'm ready to be released. It's just the detainer is stopping me at this time. How long have you been trying to get in touch with uh, the judge and the courts to, to, see, to see about this detainer situation? Uh, well, I have been uh, trying to get with the MDOC. I've been trying to get with the MDOC since day one. I uh, was sentenced since uh, August 14th, uh, uh, 2019, and my federal judge rented concurrent, but the state, uh, they they refused to come get me. They they were saying that the marshals had to hold on me, but the marshals said MDOC. This call is from a federal prison. Once I received the warrant, the warrant came from MDOC, so the MDOC refused to come get me until after my federal sentence. How long have they been refusing to come get you? Uh, I've been here since August uh, 14th. Uh, the case manager and everything been reaching out to the MDOC. So, what year? Tell me the whole thing. Uh, uh, two, uh, 2019. And what day is this today? Uh, today is uh, April 28th, 2020. Do you have any uh, underlying uh, health issues? Uh, uh, I be I, I have uh, bronchitis. Is it medically documented? With the, with the MDOC it is, when I first came to prison, it was documented. So you were treated in the MDOC for bronchitis? Yes, sir. Is there a message that you would like to share with your family? The yeah, people who uh, love you out here, just in case you yeah. don't get out. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, just let them know I love them or whatever. It, it, it's been hard dealing with... I want you to yeah. talk, direct, talk directly to them. Yeah, you know, I, I love y'all so much. 
they know I'm fighting hard to get out. Y'all know I'm fighting hard to get out. I just want to let y'all know, you know, I just, we need more help in here. They, they ain't nobody really trying to help us out. They really, they, they really want to keep the contact. They, they really limiting that from us. Ain't nobody trying to help us out. They don't, they want to have the numbers and everything. We just need more support. You know what I'm saying? To try to make them more aware of what's going on. So, so we just need y'all help to help us out. You know, and I love y'all and I'm doing the best I can to try to get out there. Is there anything else that you would like to share with the time we have left? Uh, and I just and I just wanted to let it be known, like I'm I'm a nonviolent defender, and, and and the things that we going through to get out is, is is like it's hard, and they let murderers out on the news. They got you know they got guys that's going in the bar with guns. They letting these guys out, you know what I mean? They didn't kill guys or whatever, you know. I just have a gun charge, and they they hindering us. They holding us back. Got us faced with all this hardship, and we don't know if we gonna make it out. How difficult is this to deal with? when you only get when you're on lockdown 23 hours a day it's definitely it, it's it, it's hard to deal with because like i say we don't get to check on all our family from day to day and like i said the the case is steady piling death toll steady piling so you know it's it, it, it's just you know the unknown we don't know what's going on then they let us out 10 people at a time so it'd be hard to get to a phone it's hard to get to a computer so we just be trying to deal with it the best way we can. We got 30 minutes to try to reach out to a lawyer to try to, you know, take a shower to, to, to get on the phone. It's, it's, you know, it's hard to deal with, but, you know. And how long you been to on lockdown? We've been on lockdown for uh, over 30 days now, about like uh, so, about 33 for, days, 34 days. So for over, over 30 days, you get out for 30, 30 minutes a day? It started off at 20. We just, last week, we just started getting out for uh, an extra 10 minutes, made it 30. And what all do you get to do or are supposed to do during that time? Uh, we get to take a shower. They expect us to take a shower, to get on the phone, clean up, and uh, and get on the computer. We got to try to do all that within 30 minutes. What are y'all doing for meals? Uh, for meals, they, they lock us in a cell and we eat in the cell. What are y'all eating? You said, what do we eat? Yeah. They have like different, uh, it may be tuna. Is it hot food? Oh, uh, yes, yes, some of it be hot. They had a day where it be hot. This call is now being recorded. Hello. Yes, this is Darnell Ishmael. Uh, this is Darnell Ishmael. Uh, who am I speaking? My name is Thaddeus Hill. I'm calling from uh, Cooper Street Correctional Facility. Thaddeus Hill, thank you for calling. Appreciate you accepting. Thaddeus, do you have uh, an update for us that you would like to share? Okay. My name is Thaddeus Hill, 48 years of age. I'm currently housed at the Jackson Cooper Street Correctional Facility. At the tail end of serving a long, disproportionately hard sentence, I was sentenced to 35 to 60 years back in 1995. I'd like to know what has been your experience in terms of, you mentioned the closeness, the tightness of the environment. How has that been different over the years, or has it? 
and what made this COVID thing alarming for you? Well, at one time, they had this thing called quarantine. What they would do when a person first come to MDLC, he would go into quarantine for at least a month, month and a half. When I initially came down at the beginning of the 90, end of 95, beginning of 96, then you would be transferred to another facility, which would usually be a, a level four until you completed one third of your time. And then once you completed one third of your time, you would go to a level two. The level fours or twos are generally two man sales. You only have one other guy to compete with. But now, since this mass warehouse of inmates, they push guys through. So they don't stay in quarantine that long for maybe about a month. And when they do, they automatically go to a level one or a level two. So now, being in this situation that we're in, and this level one, and a lot of level twos are all pole, pole bars. So you have roughly 15 to 1,700 people using four phones. You have 15 to 700 people using um, in each unit. There's about 160 guys that use about four toilets, three toilets, and two, and a couple of urinals. So it's really, they tell us social distance, but it's practically impossible. They have lines outside the child hall where they tell you six feet apart, but once you get inside the building, you're neck to neck with a guy. You only sit in one space apart, which is approximately about a foot. So even when you're eating, when you have to take your mask out and eat, you're not six feet away from a guy. They tell us that they wipe the child, they wipe the tables out once we leave, but they don't. They call another unit in, and if somebody spills something on the table, then they get it up, but it's not disinfected or sanitized, as they say. So this social's, it's, it's too, it's like too, too, way too many people, way too many people here. Way too many. You have guys that are 90 days or less past their ERI days, at early release date. They just holding them for no apparent reason. The people that work here are scared to come in. For some reason, like we're the ones with the COVID, but actually they're the ones that bring it in. So what they're doing is not even showing up for work. So now those classes that are needed for them, for the guys to be released, a part of their recommendations, they can't can, they can complete. Because the counselors or the teachers are not coming in. So now they're sitting. So we have all these massive people, 1,700 people that really usually shouldn't be no more than 12 or 1,100 people. They're all on top of each other. Now over the years, it has gotten worse. They've taken the bleach out. The only reason they burn the bleach out is when they have little epidemics in prison. About a year and a half ago, I was up north at Kenross Correctional Facility. They had a flu outbreak, a real bad flu. They run the bleach back. Everybody wipes stuff down. Did they pass out Theraflu? Here, the only reason they brought it back because, again, the COVID thing. We haven't had any outbreaks here, which is good. But at the same time, if it did, it would, it would be hard. It would be like Lakeland or Parnell, which is across the street, because we're just too close together. You mentioned a couple things. Um, I'll try to be I'll try to be quick about that. 1,700 people using how many sinks and urinals? Well, you have 160 people in each unit. So you have four bathrooms. We have two bathrooms. We have four stalls in each bathroom and three or four urinals. So you got 100, you divide that up. So you got 80 people on one side, 80 people on the other side. These are four toilets. 
Now the guys, they have a thing about being so close to people anyway, even though they're stars. So using, so actually we're only using two toilets and two urinals. Because guys had a little complex and things and whatnot. So you got to divide it up with 80 people on each side. There's 160 people on each unit. It's kind of hard, hard not to catch anything. Usually when somebody get cold, can catch a cold in here, two or three people in his queue is going to catch a cold. It's just how it goes. So you get about 50, 60 people at one time with a cold at any given time. So do I understand that the cultural practice is that if there are four urinals together on a wall, you're not going to use the one right directly next. You're going to you're going to skip one. That yes, there's sir. space. That is correct. That is correct. And that's not taken in consideration in the design and the facilitating of these. I see. Um, is are there other places where that kind of thought happens? Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's pretty much, like I said, I've been down 25 years straight. I haven't been home, so I've seen this pretty much everywhere you go, like in smaller, like in um, where there's um, sales or two-man sales. You generally only have two urinals and two toilets. There's no wall. So what it is, a little partition. They have one urinal. Then they have a partition. They have two sinks. And then they have two toilets back-to-back behind each other with a wall in between them. So there's nothing covered. You know, so people usually wait till one guy get up, or if he just spurts, see, then both guys will sit down, but they're back-to-back. Like across the street at Cotton is like that. They got one shower, two toilets, one urinal, and two or three sinks. It's a general practice everywhere in the prison system that you go to. But when you And that is a lines, practice. Why is that a practice? Mass housing, because you have so many people. You have so many people in these one in these isolated areas. So many people, so they have to do it like that because they, like I said, they're not letting anybody go. With this truth and sentencing, it makes it it, it just it crams everybody in the sardines. When I hear you say that, when I hear you speak about that, it sounds like to me that, and I could be wrong, but it sounds like we that practice is done in order to maintain some level of humanity, some level of decency, some level of privacy, some level of individuality. No, they take all of take all of that away from you. It's very inhumane. You know, you're forced to deal with a situation that in normal settings you would not deal with. I mean, even if you went to a gym in society, you know, you have at least some form of privacy, some at least some form of where you can isolate yourself from. Here it's nothing like that. Nothing like that. But like I say, in the state of Michigan, you're doing 110% of your minimum. So it's, it's going to be overcrowded. It's going to be influx of people in one area at one time. It's just the numbers. It's just a number game. You know, and that's pretty much what they plan. Now, I get credits, disciplinary, what they call disciplinary credits, but that's two months off every year. So if I'm doing 30 years, I'm getting like a total of about six years off. <laughs> So I end up doing 29 years. So I got 29 years. You got other people doing the same thing. You got all these people at one time. It's, it's, just, it's just bad. I'd like to get your thought on this. I sent out a, email, a JPEG. My thought is that 
people have already the people on the outside somewhere in the in the boardroom have already decided that based on the numbers, based on the science, based on the probability, this many people will probably get infected. This many people will probably die if they have these underlying conditions. This many people will probably recover. Some will have some ailments, some won't. I think someone's already ran the numbers on this, and they're willing to roll the dice and allow it to play out in a certain kind of way because everybody who is there represents a part of their budget. Yes, sir. That is correct. We actually just came out with an executive order from the governors, whereas we get our disciplinary, we can get them restored, meaning the ones that was forfeited and taken away. The one has said she's not giving in. She's going to wait and see what happens. She's going to wait to see if this thing plays out. So basically she's saying she's going to wait to see how many people die, how many people get sick, or what the governor does. That is their mindset. So they just talk what all is, this. What is your response to that? You basically telling me, you know, regardless of how you say you care for us, you really don't care for us. Because if you care for us, you would do something about it. There's only one or two ways that you do or you don't. So if I use the analogy that the house is burning, the house is burning, do we get the people out or do we let them perish? The house is burning. No, let's get some of the people out. Just get the people on the first floor. Do we get all the people out? Do we get the man on the third floor who we have to carry down the stairs? What is your thought on the house burning? Or, no, maybe the house is yeah. not burning yet. Let's see how much it burns. What's your thought on that? Their analogy is who's in the house. Mm. <laughs> the people that are in the house, are they worth saving? <laughs> this is what we have to look at. Because you have non-violent offenders that are here, and they still not letting them go. That are past the earliest release date. So it's not even about, okay, which one? It's about the people. They don't care. It's not like we're just going to see what happens. It's just going to stop. It may rain. Or they'll pull it out themselves. But they just don't sit back and watch. And that is exactly what's happening. We probably only have a few more moments on this call. Number one, is there an urgent message that you would like to get out to the public today? And number two, is there a message that you would want to give to your friends and family and loved ones? Yes, sir, I definitely would. I would employ everybody to vote. Anything that deals with prison, take notice of the truth in sentences, disciplinary credits. Regardless of what you may feel about the people in here, there are a lot of good people in here that are dying. There's a lot of good people in here that are just wasting away, that have good potential, have a lot of potential, that want to change, that have changed and be better. But we as a people, we have to get past what the governor, what the politicians, the things are telling us. We have to get by those and save the budget. They got a $2 million budget. Specific design for You have one minute remaining. And people, the only change we're going to see is the change that we make. So I'm for you check on your loved ones. Check on the people that you care about, the people that you know, and get involved in this. Because it's not only hurting us, it's hurting you as well. But the direct living where you are being hurt with it as well.